What's really going on, everyone? Back again with another episode. We are still in our summer season where I am talking all things music. Uh, and I am joined by yet another special guest who I have actually unknowingly to me been aware of for almost six years via SoundCloud. Uh, it is Brooks Welsh, who runs the amazing uh, platform Soul Sugar Joint. So, Brooks, how are you? I'm doing so well. So you're hip to my SoundCloud, too? Yes. So little known story um, going way back into the years of SoundCloud. Um, Brooks actually made an amazing mix called Banks way, way back in the day that I was drawn to only because I think the color where you had like the circle and then you had like the outer color that was like kind of attracted to the eye. So I was like, oh, let me give this a run. And it included stuff like Peyton and other kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, no one else really listens to stuff like this. And that was I didn't know that was you until years later. That's so crazy. Wow, man. Thanks for liking it. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, so please just tell us about, I think, um, what the feedback has been for those who don't know. Brooks runs an amazing site. She's also a DJ, playlist curator, all of the things that involve kind of music. So just tell me about your journey from just kind of liking music to then transitioning to something like, hey, this is actually something that I can do and put on the internet and monetize. Yeah, so... I have just always been a music head, music nerd. I mean, I grew up from, with two parents who love music so, so mm -hmm. much. And music was just always around me, but it wasn't something I consciously thought about. It was just something mm -hmm. that I enjoyed. So putting mixes together because I had friends who were DJs and I would tell yeah. them, you know, these two songs will go crazy together. You should yeah. transition this. And then they were like, encouraged me to try on my own. So that's how I got started with making mixes. And I would just use the keys on my keyboard. I just got a controller like last year. Yeah. So I've always had an ear for music, but um, actually turning it into a platform, that was something that was very personal to me because mm -hmm. I created this platform after, I mean, I've done content creation for 14 years now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had a YouTube channel since I was a little girl. So um, it was really cool to put something as personal as my taste of music into something that um something like TikTok. So yeah. mm -hmm. it started out with me talking about ranking the the best songs in my personal order. It's mm -hmm. totally subjective of an evening with Silk Sonic. Like what yeah. I think number one is all the way to number seven or eight. And um that was how it started. But then I would dive into how Bootsy Collins was a part mm -hmm. of it and how yeah. Alex Isley is Ernie Isley's daughter. And mm -hmm. I didn't know if anyone else cared about those connections between modern and classic soul music yeah. like I did. Because 70s music, 80s music is like my mm -hmm. bag. I love jazz, I love yeah. funk, all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it just became something that I thought, man, this is super niche, but let's just see. Yeah. I just want to know if there's other music lovers who feel it the same way that I do. Yeah. And it just blew up the first month and went to 22,000. And then now mm -hmm. we're at 130,000 um, in less than a, uh, less than two years, like a year yeah. and seven months. Um, so I didn't expect it to do so well for real, mm -hmm. but um, I definitely did know that there was going to be a strong sense of community. And it's just yeah. been cool to see how it's evolved. Now I have an event happening soon. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. No, because... <laughs> Because one of the things that I was thinking about is someone who I think has a certain similar taste in music to you, where I think you'll certain. I wonder if you felt like this, where probably when you're listening to Bootsy Collins and Slave and all these other groups, you're probably like, no one else my age is like listening to this. Like, I'm probably yeah. like the only person. So what was it actually like to have other people 
to be like, oh my gosh, like I grew up listening to this or yeah, I knew that this sample was off of this song. Like what was that like to actually kind of feel, I'm sure probably vindicated it. Like, yeah, other people probably had a similar experience as me. Cause I'm sure for me growing up when I was listening to stuff like that, people were like, I don't even know who that is. Like you're playing loose ends, <laughs> like what's going on? Like turn something else on. But yeah. what was that like to kind of like, you know, share your taste in music and then actually have it reflected back to you of people being like, oh yeah, I, I know, I know like what you're experiencing or like that song. Yeah, it feels like, you know, you're truly being seen and you mm -hmm. feel more confident in yourself because you are actually are being embraced for a true part of you. And so that's why yeah. when I make videos about my love for music that's 50 years older than me as an old soul, and I just make it about like, this is for music heads and old souls and those who love timeless music. That's like how I call people in basically. Um, they always feel like they found their people. That's what they always mm -hmm. say. They're like, I found yeah. my people. I found my, like, um, where I belong. Like, how do yeah. I become a part of this? Like, I have people yeah. being, what's the, where's the link? Like, how do I join? I'm like, you're here. Like, this is it. Yeah, this is not like a subscription service. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, maybe one day, you know? There but, um, yeah, so that is how, it just feels so good because it's something that I was going to do anyway. And I think mm -hmm. that's like the basis of, making something that's super sustainable, especially when everyone preaches about authenticity when it comes to content yeah. creation. Yeah. What, um, cause like for me, I think, um, I got kind of my old soul nest, if I can like use that as a word, I got it from certainly playing whatever my parents played my grandmother, but also when I was listening to rap, I would basically do deep dives on like who sampled, be like, where did that come from? How did you kind of get your taste in music because I'm for me it was kind of pulling from people around me and just being like oh yeah on that on that song I like that sample where'd that come from so where did how did you kind of like just start loving kind of this music that you didn't grow up or that wasn't around when you were coming up yeah so definitely my parents my dad loves um so much good music like he when I think of James Brown Michael Jackson mm -hmm. Um, he also has very eclectic taste. So he likes like 80s British pop. He also enjoys okay, yeah. <laughs> jazz yeah. just like I do. And then my mom um, loves Earth, Wind and & Fire. Mm -hmm. And she loves anything that was produced by Maurice White. Like uh, a lot of yeah. Denise mm -hmm. Williams stuff. I she have her vinyl behind me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Which one? Uh, the free album. That's the one I want. I don't have yeah. <laughs> you're on the wrong list um but um so yeah she she loves anything that's like really uh like patrice russian her mm -hmm. dad was a, a jazz drummer so oh really um, okay yeah music was just like i said it was all around and my auntie she loves new edition anything that was happening in the 90s like brandy and 2000 like mm -hmm. usher so it was like a good mix of stuff and then i started to have my own relationship with the music like finding out that i enjoy stevie wonder's music above mm -hmm. pretty much all of those artists yeah and um, from then on, it was just different branches of, at the time, not knowing how to identify what specifically I liked out of the songs. But yeah. as I've been able to talk about music a bit more and do like weekly, li weekly live streams with mm -hmm. different um, people from around the world who have similar tastes, I'm able to be like, okay, I lean more towards like jazz chords or I mm -hmm. lean more towards yeah. um, music that has like a funky baseline or whatever. Right. So mm -hmm. that's just helped me to be a little bit more conscious of 
my music taste. And then um, my dad is always giving me facts about who was doing this and who was on that song. And so when I um, found out that Greg Fillingaines was mm -hmm. a part of Snow Allegra's song yeah. um, that she put out Sweet Tea, he was like, oh yeah, Greg Fillingaines. Like he did this, blah, blah, blah. like he's just always like knows. And I just always am like getting put on immediately. And I'm like, dad, did you know? And he's like, yeah. And then yeah. like 10 more facts. So it just kind of, I guess, runs in the blood, just being a little bit more curious. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've grown to appreciate that more of just how much parents and like those immediately around us kind of like steer us towards something. It's just kind of whether we're like, yeah, I'll lean back into it because I'm sure we both probably know people who probably grew up listening to the same thing, but they probably just got so tired of it that mm -hmm. they were just like, once they could listen to something else, they're like, oh, I'm I'm never going back. <laughs> that but I'm sure for you it's something that you probably were just like this is how I grew this is how I grew up yeah and I do think it's interesting I a lot of people have grown up on the music that you mm -hmm. know I've listened to that you've listened to but there are like a select group of us who are like no but I'm gonna keep it here though like yeah. I actually really like this and I'll mm -hmm. listen to this over what's happening right now in the mainstream mm -hmm. um as opposed to yeah as opposed to the mainstream stuff that's happening right now instead like this is just what I my ear gravitates towards it just sounds more lush and just super high level I I just love stuff that I can feel and I just get that feeling from things that are reminiscent of the past no, it's interesting that you say feel, because I would certainly say that, um, especially as someone who loves music history, like, I feel like you can't take that feel and then not be able to, like, apply it to anything else. Like, there was a meme of, like, a party and a guy was sitting in the corner and someone quote tweeted it, like, yeah, that guy knows the sample, but no one else does. And he's just thinking about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you talk about that? Because, I mean, like, you've, I've heard you sample, like, old stuff and mix it with no worries. And, like, how do you how do you connect the past to the present? Because they are interconnected, but you have to kind of like know both to know, okay, hey, this Donny Hathaway song goes with something that No Worries did and that Knowledge produced. Like, how do you, how are you able to connect those? Because that's really, really hard. Man, well, thank you for noticing that. <laughs> I thought that went overhead. No, like, I was, no, I was, I was aware. I was like, because I mean, when I first heard that you did that on TikTok, I was like, I know that song. I I hear your I I can see in the like in the in the title you're gonna mix it with no worries. And I'm like, I don't know how you're gonna do that. <laughs> and then you do, and I'm like, whoa. So how do you how do you connect that? Because some people can't even connect two songs that were made in the same year. <laughs> so like how do you how are you able to kind of sense like, hey, this song goes perfectly as a bridge to something that came out 40 years after it? Man, I mean, I can't say <laughs> Like there's a formula or anything. I really do believe that, you know, the same way that people are able to play instruments by ear, there's just mm -hmm. like the gift that they have. Like I believe yeah. everybody has gifts. And I think it is a gift to be able to hear a song and be able to hear another one and be reminded of it. Like I'll listen yeah. to a song and like how I hear music is I always think, what does this remind me of? Like that's the first question that I always ask myself when I hear something new, because that's how I'll connect it. Whether it's like, so I did a video about Gareth Duncan's whenever, mm -hmm. and yep. um, he has like those disco claps in it and a double yeah. clap. Mm -hmm. of like Patrice Russians, forget yeah. me not. So it's just kind of like that. I think with DJ ears, it's always kind of like, okay, these drums are similar or this sound or feeling is similar. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and it's just being really knowledgeable about your bag. I think yeah. if you're unable mm -hmm. to 
if you really listen to a lot of 70s and 80s soul music like I do, then you just have a a broader and deeper frame of reference. Then like for me, I can't be anybody's like a uh, reggaeton or Afrobeat um, DJ. Like that's I know not, I, that's not your ministry. <laughs> it's not my ministry. Like I know what I'm good at and what I really know. And so yeah. I'm able to listen to a new song and be like, what like LMA when she she just sampled this is for the lover in you by Shalimar and I yeah, was just like my and it was yeah. really well done too and um you know somebody might not be able to pick up on that or you just like but that's something that my dad always pointed out to me my mom too like growing up like oh you have a good ear like yes that is so-and-so singing right now mm-hmm. like yeah I, so um it's something that feels like a superpower for me in a way no it's it's funny because i feel the same or at least in terms of like samples where like if you probably played some 70s jazz song and you just let it run i'd be like oh yeah tripod quested that like i could like yeah. probably pick out like a certain point um was there a moment when you realized that in terms of because there's a difference between being able to hear something and being able to actually functionally do it was there a was there like a moment when you were on your, you know, controller where you were like, oh, wait, I'm actually, I don't just hear this, but I'm actually able to do it. As someone who has a controller, it's hard being able to like actually not just transition one song to a next, but pick the exact moment to go into. Like that's a skill. So was there a moment where you were like, oh, wait, I can actually do this or this actually makes sense? Like actually make a DJ set? or Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it's easier when you're just thinking about it in your head versus actually being like, no, this is, this is real live. I actually have to do it the right way or else. Cause I'm sure as you know, if you're off by a second on either side, it doesn't sound right. It's so true. It's so true. So, um, I, I guess for me, I, I started like what you were able to reference immediately was my start on SoundCloud. So, mm-hmm. um, like how I got my start was the just hearing certain songs and stringing them together based off of feeling and how I defined yeah. feeling was just like how would I dance to this song and would I be able to dance the same way throughout the entire set like if I'm just like swaying or if I actually am like getting into it or you know that's how I would do it that's how I understood what feeling was mm-hmm. um and I just had a good way of curating feel from beginning to end like if the first song sounded similar or like if the first song went with every song in the set like thinking of mm-hmm. thinking of it as a playlist then that's how I knew that there was a consistent feeling and vibe to it like yeah and um my first time making a a what is it a set DJ set mm-hmm. I I used it was called um what is the heck is it called but whatever it went re- it did really really well online mm-hmm. I think it was called uh it had verbs by Peyton in it yeah it did and, I think that was the one that I listened to like way okay. way way back yeah I remember that yeah one. and I can't even remember the name of it right now but um that that went really really well and I didn't expect people to listen to it and really like it as much as they did but I just knew that I liked how it felt and like I would want to listen to it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, is how I knew that it was like something fun for me that I enjoyed. I didn't really think too much about it besides that. And then when I would make mixes with my cousins or with friends, I would just notice that it didn't come as easily to them. And I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, just do that. Like, try this. And they're just like, yeah, exactly. They either didn't hear it or they just couldn't get the timing right or they didn't understand how to feel it while you're doing it. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't know if there was like an exact moment, but I just knew yeah. it was enjoyable. Somehow it was enjoyable to other people who were listening. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's all that mattered. Yeah. That's interesting that you say feel. I've noticed that you say that a lot because I think when most people either make, you know, when they listen to music, they're just going off of sound or tempo where they're just saying, oh yeah, this is high pitch. This will work with something that's similar to high pitch, even though like when you transition, it's like that doesn't work. So I think that's actually, as someone who loves music, I think people often overrate just like, how does this actually make me feel? Where in terms yeah. of if you listen to like a Stevie Wonder song, like his ability to write makes you feel certain things that probably just cannot be replicated. That's interesting that you say that feel is the thing that you're going off of because most likely the songs will match if it has the same feel. Yes, it is so important to do that. I think it just helps with flow because mm -hmm. um, if you are putting together, if you're curating a set and it just, the energy level isn't right. Like one is just mm -hmm. going really, really fast, but then it's like in the same key, but this one is really smooth and slow. Mm -hmm. It's like, unless you're trying to just do a hard left type of transition and people are like, whoa, <laughs> Yeah. That is just, you know, you don't seem like you're organized or that you understand like this level of like taking off, being in flight and then landing. Yeah, and then landing. Uh, right. So, um, yeah, feel is everything. I think that's even why, like with my Soul Sugar Joints, which are my mm -hmm. events that I'm starting yeah. to do around the country now, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. um, feel, I wanted to make sure on the flyer, like it said a hot, like a groovy, high vibrational family cookout. Like if you understand the feeling behind that, yeah. then you'll know that it's not anywhere to come to flex or have your sunglasses on and be in the corner and be better than anybody else. It's not that type of vibe. Get up and move. <laughs> yeah, get up, get up, and, up and, move and move and and socialize and feel better than when you came in, you know, leave yeah. feeling. And I want to bring that back to the music space because I hate the arguments that there's no good music anymore. And I hate the mm -hmm. um, argument that music that's old is just old and played out and irrelevant. Like, no, we only got here because of what was happening in the past. And there's just so many amazing interpretations and ways that people are innovating on those past sounds and making it even better. So, yeah, I would certainly say, and I think that's like, I've long thought about like kind of how the, ecosystem in which we consume music is just terrible <laughs> where like the things in which we probably used to have in terms of like publications like i remember i used to read old vibe magazines that would actually have like a little four mic scores and like all that um in terms of like music that you go is there any type of music that you always find yourself going back to like for me i know a lot of the stuff i go back to is a lot of roy airs for just whatever reason i just always find myself back to his stuff for some reason or another is there any artist who you're like i always go back to this person i, I know you said stevie is like high high up there but is there any is it him or is there other folks who you're just like yeah every day i somehow find myself listening to this person man i mean recently it's been gareth duncan like mm -hmm. he just has a really good feel in his music like uh i think it's just his his way of interpreting of like his choice of like chord progressions is just stellar. Like it's really mm -hmm. like ear candy and it just, it feels so good. And he has um just like even the context of what he's talking about in his songs, like yeah. he's making love songs like Stevie yeah. Wonder as well. So it just makes you feel good on that level too, where, you know, you're not putting mm -hmm. crap into your brain 
and you're also listening to really good music at the same time. And I'm like really big on that. Like, yeah. I think that there's a lot of filtering that needs to be done, but you know, it's somebody's job and being a music curator who cares mm -hmm. about that is like that. Um, that's why I like to go back to his stuff. I love to go back to Cleo Soul's music for the same reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I really love um, Anderson Pack, Bruno Mars. Yeah. Um, well, together, you know, Silk Sonic. Yeah. But yeah, I th I think. I also have like specific songs that I love to go back to. Like what? I'm curious. I'm sure we probably have some synergy there. Oh man. Um, a song that I go back specifically to, I love Rosamo, like by yeah. um mm -hmm. by Lucky Day. Like yeah. it's gorgeous. And D Mile, I love his production. So mm -hmm. he, a, he did a song with um Annie Tracy called mm -hmm. uh, Times It by Two. And it kind of has that same feeling. It's just really beautiful and like these yeah. grand but like it's still so clean. I don't know how Dumail does it, but I love his style. Um, so I've been going to back going back to that like a lot recently. I feel like that's an aspect of music that's like really underrated. That's why like D'Angelo was probably like I think my favorite artist probably of like all time. Um, because I feel like there's a enroll some more. There's like it's an unrushed song that has like a beauty to it where it's like it's not trying to like rush you to the finish. And I feel like so many, even like R&B songs today, it's either like, it's either too fast or it's trying to like get you to the end point too quick. Where I think like a lot of stuff that like Brian McKnight would did, he's like, no, sit in the car. Like we're going to, we're going to go on a journey and it's not going to be like some like fast paced thing. It's going to be like an arc to it. And to your point, yeah. I feel like, I feel like Roll Some More does that where it's like, there's a beauty in kind of like, all right, we're going to get there high point and we're slowly going to kind of get to the comfort place. Um, yeah. I feel that like pace. that stuff today is like really, really lost or I feel like the pace of stuff is like there's no it's either like we're all slow or we're all fast and there's no kind of like we start slow, gets up, kind of crescendos, then goes down. And we kind of so I, that's an interesting point I think that you made. Yeah, no, you ate that. That's exactly it. Because my um, I had an interview with Melodious. Um, they're a mm -hmm. band out of California and they're incredible and they spoke about movement like she was referring to stevie wonder's music and saying the word movement and i'm like mm -hmm. yes that's what it is like i love movement in music i love how in that song lucky day song like you're saying it has all these different moments to it where you can just like let it breathe i love music yeah. that's mm -hmm. beginning to end you play it all the way through because you cannot cut it too soon like you're not going to no. get a certain aspect of it or a yeah. certain part or a certain section and you need to hear all the way through the end like yeah because you, you're robbing yourself of something like where even are. the parts where he's not singing the melody on the ending is kind of like the icing on the cake where it's like if you don't have that you kind of miss that moment of like exhale and i guess maybe that's like the stuff that i'm <laughs> that i'm looking for where yeah. like you know especially on like d'angelo's voodoo album i think he does that all the time where he's like it might be pure chaos for like 30 seconds before but then he'll he doesn't just transition to the next song he kind of lets you ease into it or he'll set you up the next song and kind of like all right now we're gonna slowly get up into it and i feel like that aspect is gone it's kind of just like all right start you know stop start stop start so that's interesting yes and like what is the rush where do we have to go because even um i have a a favorite DJ. She's one of my favorite DJs. Her name is uh, DJ Lovey and she's mm -hmm. out in Brooklyn and she talked about the feminization of DJing, which I just love mm -hmm. how she thinks. And she was just saying like, we don't need to like aggressively switch to each song. Like we yeah. don't have to make everything about a crazy cut transition and just like super high energy and this aggressive approach to DJing. Like 
we can blend we can take our time we can let the song play all the way out and like fade into the next and I'm like yes because that's how I that's what I love about um super long songs like I was just mm-hmm. listening to why we speak Robert Glasper Esperanza yeah, Spong- like how long is that song like eight nine minutes <laughs> it feels like that it's, it's five long. minutes and same with um, Imagination by Earth, Wind mm-hmm. & Fire. A lot of songs by them are just long in general, but like that's, I feel like when the jam session takes over, like what are you supposed to do? Yeah, same we're, with, we're like, here, same we're here. <laughs> exactly, even like um, Do I Do, the extended mm-hmm. version. There's like, like seven a special, minutes long. Yeah. yeah, and like I love music like that, that allows the jam session to extend. Yeah, because even I think of like, to Stevie Wonder stuff where he would have um, like Superwoman and then it would be Slash, like, where were you when I needed you? And it's two songs on, it's literally two songs on one, which when you're listening to it, it's kind of like, this is a lot. But then when you listen to the song, it the one literally transitions right into the other. Um, mm-hmm. So talk about at least that part a little bit about, I mean, obviously there, you know, there are women DJs who certainly are out there shining, but there are certainly not who, you know, get the recognition and respect they deserve. But I think what perspective do you think that that adds to music? Because I do like that the aspect of you said something about being unrushed and not aggressive. And I do think that that art of kind of DJing is not as prevalent. So can you talk at least about how that perspective is something new and kind of how you see it? Yeah, I think just in general, like, I think female DJs, we, I mean, I'm not saying that every every man yeah, no, of course, no, of course. Yeah. or anything but um i think that there is more of a love of the process instead of it just being about the results like that was a yeah. fire mm-hmm. set bro <laughs> like and then for us it's just like man that was like so you know we we can enjoy and be a little bit more present during what's what's happening mm-hmm. um be a little bit more attentive to how it's resonating with the audience and um, I, I know for me, I'm part of a community called She Spins Global mm-hmm. and it's based out of, um, Dallas, Texas. I live in Michigan right now, but, um, it's just a really cool online thing. That's now a mm-hmm. discord group and everything. And yeah. there's the resources and, and community around female DJs and girls getting into DJing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we, we wanted to create this thing. This, this came from, um, DJ Don. Uh, this yeah. is her idea, but I got a part. I became a part of it because I noticed that so many girls will ask me, like, what controller are you using? I want to mm-hmm. get into it, too. Or do you teach or do you da 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 da? And um, I never saw myself getting into it as much as I am now. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. something that was just fun and a hobby. But when you do something well enough in front of enough people, you start to become yeah. known for it, though. Yeah. And um. I really like the fact that it's becoming less gender based and it is about everyone who has an interest in music, even if it's production, feeling as if there's no barriers to that. And I really love that about the internet too. Like, yeah, no barrier to entry for starting a platform about your love for modern and in classic soul music like yeah. i didn't ask mm-hmm. anyone is this okay could i do that is it okay if i start doing this or that or having personal events or live stream like yeah. there's no you can just go yeah, you, you just, just go do now. it and i just want yeah. more women to feel empowered especially even if music isn't their thing i think really it's just the principle of like what do you want to do what do you like care about a lot that you might right. even self-conscious about because you don't know if it's like the coolest thing in the world to be so excited about 
and you know just do it because it lights you up like I think yeah lean into those differences yeah no and I think that's like the the nice part I think about this kind of I mean there's you there's a vibe called B there's like so many other women in you know the US UK and Europe all over and I think the good thing is that I think there's um I think the difference that I have noticed, I think, with women DJs and playlist curators is that I think the attention to, like, the little things, I think, is just, like, a little bit different. Where I think um, for a lot of men, it's kind of a thing of, like, yeah, the the approval side comes from probably, like, the movement, but it has to be, like, high. And if people aren't, like, moving in an aggressive manner, then the set might not, they, I feel like, internally feel like the set's not good, where I feel like you all are okay with just saying, like, okay, gonna let this breathe and it might not always be super high octane but like there's a comfortability in that and i think that goes to your earlier point of probably like the authenticity part is like you don't have to force yourself to be something that you're not and i think that's probably the more refreshing thing i'm sure it's probably like being in that community where people can just be themselves they don't have to okay well i have to be this type of dj to be a woman and be successful i can if i'm interested in you know early 80s i can do that if i'm interested in 90s i can do that if i'm interested in 2000s that's my bag. It's like how you said your bag is like 70s and jazz. You don't, you know, you don't have to say, all right, I have to play whatever on Hot 9-7 to exactly. get the platform and recognition. Yeah. And I get questions about that too. My own, my little cousin, he asked me, he was like, so, you know, someone wants you to come to a party and like, how do you, like, where do people ask you to DJ? And I'm like, <laughs> I make my I make my own events but also you just be yourself completely so then the right people will want you for what they're doing like you will not hire me to DJ your like um twerk marathon party I don't freak know what part to two <laughs> your freak Nick. you wouldn't want me to and it's not like that is an energy and a vibe and it's fun and I if I did that they would be like bro who is on the text right <laughs> now <you> like please <laughs> she doesn't even know what to play and that's not even putting myself down it's just really like I know what I'm an expert at and what I know really well and so I can put you on to deep cuts I can put you on to new stuff that you will absolutely love and be like what is the name of this song based off of if you enjoy the type of music that you hear me curating or sharing online Right. So you're not going to start off the high octane white party with Alexander O'Neill. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and oh, this is what I wanted to say. So I just did a um, I, I just DJed at a local event in my hometown, mm -hmm. Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I was the only female DJ on in the youngest at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so it was all these like older black male DJs. There was one um, Latino DJ and it was like they were all over like 40 something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting, like the type of music that they played, it was super high octane, mm -hmm. like, you know, basketball game type, yeah. like, you know, and then I get up there and I like start my set with everybody loves the sunshine. And then it's just like <laughs> lays this blanket over everybody. And then I go into my other stuff real slow. And then all the women start coming out and hustling to like this slow yeah. song by Sebastian Michael. And it was yeah. mm -hmm. vibe though. And that was the thing. I just always wanted to feel like a vibe and I wanted to feel like a full piece. Like I feel like yeah. when I'm up, like I'm painting and like yeah. it needs to make sense for yeah. me to be an experience. I didn't know you were from Grand Rapids. My dad's from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, what? Which yeah, which is hilarious. So at least 
given that I have a father from Kalamazoo who has probably taught me more than music I know, I think actually being from Michigan gives you a really good perspective, I think, on music, not only because you have the influence yeah. of Motown, but you have kind of like the Chicago influence when they have their completely own different, like if you ever listen to Detroit House and Chicago House, they are two totally different things. Can yeah. you at least talk about kind of being from Michigan and being in music? Because I think people really do sleep on just how important Michigan is as like a music place <laughs> in terms of it's a city and it's a state that loves music that just extends far beyond Detroit, which I think most people think of oh michigan detroit it's like no there's other places <laughs> i know they think detroit is a state like yeah yeah we literally um, have people when people ask for my dad's they're like oh detroit i'm like no Kalamazoo. They're like where's that yeah, no. like, the other side <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah no i've experienced that too so i feel for him um and yeah being from michigan growing up on motown mm -hmm. like my grandma she loved motown and so yeah. that was what i would hear at her house you know, Mr. Postman, um, yeah, Heard It yeah. Through the Grapevine, like all of these amazing songs. I mean, I think she put me on to my very first like music documentary too. It was called like Six Feet from Stardom. And it was about like mm -hmm. the background singers who yeah. were um, a part of Motown. So just even getting me in my music journalism bag, which I never really considered until now. Yeah. But um, yeah, so being from Michigan, I never thought too much of it. I didn't think that it was really like this special place, especially mm -hmm. going to Howard University. I felt like, man, like I'm such a little fish in a big pond. There's people from yeah. California, yeah, people from right. New York and Atlanta. Like yeah. I just felt so little and irrelevant. Like I was born in a cornfield or something. <laughs> yeah, right. No offense <laughs> to anybody who was born in a cornfield, but I just really felt like, man, is my state super irrelevant? But now and that people I'm, are asking me like, where's that? I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I can't. And at the time now I don't do this, but before I would say, oh yeah, we're two hours away from Detroit. Like giving yeah, like you get out, yeah, you get out the palm. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, why can't we just be valuable in ourselves instead of just like our proximity to Detroit? So I have way more pride in where I'm from now. Um, but now looking more into producers and understanding that there's mm -hmm. people from the Midwest, like you have yeah. um, like Common, Chance, uh, Kanye as a producer, um, all these other artists that I'm blanking on. But it really is amazing that they're from the Midwest. I mean, even Prince is from the Midwest. It sure yeah. is. People forget about so, that. <laughs> isn't Gary, Indiana considered in the Midwest too? It is. Freddie Gibbs is from there. Oh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Michael Jackson, a lot of funk music originated from Ohio, which is in the Midwest as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just helped me to be like, okay, man, like we are no one to like sleep on. Like yeah, we no. actually have a really good sense of being influenced by everyone around us and i think mm -hmm. even me having like at this time in my life feeling like i was super um you know like oh man i wish i was from a bigger state that that feeling helped me to admire what was happening everywhere else yeah so, i feel like being from there you but, kind of have to where i think you're kind of in the middle of a bunch of things which i think makes you more like aware of stuff like i think my dad being from Kalamazoo wouldn't make him as interested in house music, which he loves, but also make him interested in soul. And if you know those genres, you know that like, I mean, now house is like super popular, but like all that stuff is just taken from like Chicago house stuff in the eighties and just repurposing it, maybe putting a baseline on it and throwing it out there. Um, 
So talk to me about um, your upcoming show, which I know you're doing uh, events across the country. Talk a little bit about that, especially our, your event in D.C., because we have a big audience in D.C. So talk to us about the event, what to expect, um, how to purchase tickets and all that jazz. Yeah, so my event is called the Soul Sugar Joint Chocolate City Edition, and it kind of is cute because Soul Sugar and the idea of like candy and sweet things. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, Chocolate City. And um, like I said before, it's going to be a groovy, high vibrational family cookout feel. It's it, we were very particular about where we wanted to have it, and it's going to be such a good time. It really is going to feel like a really loving backyard cookout sort of thing with a really um, amazing crowd of people who are music heads, old souls, and crate diggers, people who are open to music discovery and don't need to know every single song the DJ mm -hmm. is playing. But what is special about my sets from what people have told me is that it's the music that you didn't think anybody else knew, <laughs> but it's like, it helps you to be like, oh my God, yeah, this is fire. And it feels like confirmation and affirmation in a way. Um, so I will be playing music that helps me to feel good and you will feel it too if you pull up. All the tickets are on Eventbrite and there's a discount for Howard students. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's my first in DC and the last one that I did was in Grand Rapids. And there's a video on Eventbrite for how the vibe was in Grand Rapids. So you can understand how it really is just people who came to dance, who came to have a good time and who um, love music that is from the 70s, 80s. I go all the way through the 2000s and some certain cuts, um, yeah. but definitely heavier on like jazz feel, on funk feel, mm -hmm. soul so even neo soul as well but just yeah, yeah it'll be a good time for any music no, good. and for those listening the link will be in whatever description you are currently listening to and i have um one final question for you this is stuff that i like to ask a lot of people um if you had to pick five albums let's say you are at a record store that has endless records and you have the ability to just type what record you want and they will bring it to you this can either be a record that you already have or a record that you've been looking for what five records uh, would you want? If you can pick any five in the world. I want That Free by Denise Williams. <laughs> and I want Pizzazz by Patrice Russian. Um, I really which one, want... which one was that? That wasn't um, the one, that wasn't the classic one where she has the black and all the, I'm trying to think. No, I think that's Straight is. From the Heart. That um, is Straight From the Heart. Okay, I have that one. Yeah, I was trying to think of which okay. one I have. Nice, yeah. Man, I, I want that one too. So I'd say Straight <laughs> From the Heart, Pizzazz, and Free. And then I want um, Ego Death because I feel like that was yeah, the that changed my taste in music. Mm -hmm. And um, man, my last one, uh, I have Love and Chaos coming soon. Um, Flower oh, Child. Yes. Who, someone who we have both talked to. Uh, yes. That's, so that's I'd good. say that's like my five. Yeah, no, that's right a now. good that's a good list because I think a lot of the ones that it's always like, I feel like it's always the things that you grew up on where you're like, you know, these are the things that I just literally cannot find anywhere. Like, um, there's a musician called Don Blackman who's done a bunch of stuff that's been sampled that I literally could not find. And I think my dad literally got it from like somewhere in Germany <laughs> where he had to like find someone to get it. Um, but like all the other stuff I'm thinking of is like old parliament stuff or like anytime I see Roy Ayer stuff, I'm like, I'm going to get this because I probably won't be able to get it anywhere else. <laughs> And yeah. to your point, that's probably like the stuff that you can't get online. You have to like happen to be in a record store and it's 
always the thing about record stores. Just like it's underneath a crate that's covered by like a bucket of water that's leaning, it's coming <laughs> that's out so the ceiling. It's, yeah, it's like especially with never soul. easy to find the things that you want. It's like yeah. look behind that old stack of newspapers from '93; it might be under there. Yeah, and I mean, in sometimes record stores, it depends on how much they value black music, whether or not their selection yes. is even good. Yes, because so, I, I do not go to a lot of record stores in D.C. because they do not. So my favorite one is in Chicago. It's Hyde Park Records. Because they're like the only one that I know if I want to get anything that's for us, by us. Okay. Have it. Yeah. I, I need to go, get, go there then. Um, And I actually, I'll switch out one of my Patrice Russian records for Perfect Angel, Mini Ripper 10. Oh, that's, that's a, her. I've never seen her stuff anywhere in vinyl. I don't right. think, it, I don't think it exists. I really don't. Like, um. Marvin Gaye's After the Dance. I've never seen that in a record store. Maybe because every time it, someone sees it, they just like, I'll buy this right now because I I won't be able to find it. Um, is there any record that you currently have or CD um, that you're like, this is like my all time like pride? Like this is like the thing that I'll hang up for everyone to see. Is there like a flex record that you have? Um, I have my box of records right next to me, actually. <laughs> but um, I would say, hold on. No, look, yeah, mine is above me, which is hilarious. I would say my song's in the key of life because I actually That's have a, a slip. In, yeah. I have a slip in it with um that was for his fan club. Like it was like an original slip to apply for his fan club back in the day. And the really? thing is, they, they keep pressing this album, so it's not like rare or anything. Anybody can get this record, and it's relatively cheap um right now, yeah. which is mm-hmm. like crazy. I feel like it should be a bit more expensive. But um, it's just the fact that, yeah, I could apply to his uh, membership club back in the day if I wanted to. And I just thought it's so cool. I wish I could find it. But what was the one that you said was above you? Um, Everything. I probably, mm, I can't even imagine which ones. There are, the funny thing is, is that as much as I love like kind of the old stuff, I like actually finding like the stuff that I currently listen to in record form. Because I feel like that's, yeah harder like you just mentioned flower child there's a artist i love from dallas named live um i have one of her albums um there's another artist who i need to figure out how to get one of hers her name is tia she's from chicago um she has an album that i love so it's like the new stuff that i actually like a lot more just because people aren't really which is why the flower child release is so crazy because people just aren't putting their stuff out on vinyl if it's like freshly released unless you're like drake or travis scott like right. you know sebastian yeah, McHale might only release a hundred albums of this you or his latest ep and it's like if you don't get that you're not you're not getting it which so is i true. think the hardest thing about it as a music lover you're like i wish i because i have more cds in the time oh okay yeah that makes sense um i know samara joy but her voice mm-hmm. on vinyl just makes so much sense so it does it i does have hers so and then i know garrett duncan he's putting his album out on vinyl too so that's yeah. a must a must cop but this was yeah. the um oh you can't even see it no i can see it yeah we can see it but yeah, it's cool. It's like his membership, like sign up thing. So I just thought that that was like such a cute little relic. And, and that's, I think, the funny thing about those old vinyls is that they just included like so much stuff, <laughs> like for unnecessary reasons, where it was like, why would I want a full description of, you know, Steve Arrington from Slave? Why am I in his like kitchen right now? And he's like <laughs> writing like a, like a handwritten note from him. I'm like, what is this? But yeah. I guess that was just that was just the thing that you did. Like, yeah, I mean, you're just building an entire world around the album. I mean, there's so much that has gone into it that I wish that there were more, like, there was more emphasis on liner notes and creating, mm-hmm. um, 
little booklets for every album like there used to be even in cds they would have that like exclusive photos that you couldn't find anywhere else yeah mm -hmm. little booklets that they had um but i guess a second like amazing album that i have are both of cleo souls albums so yeah. i have mm -hmm. um rose in the dark and i have mother on oh um, that's yeah. final and All right. when, I'm, when I'm walking around Grand Rapids, talking about <laughs> no. where Brooks at, <laughs> but come through the come through the I window <laughs> and, just slip, <laughs> and just slip that out. Well, Brooks, this has been uh, amazing. Um, I encourage everyone to please check out her stuff at the Soul Sugar Joint. So please just tell folks where to follow you, where to keep updates, whether TikTok, Instagram, you know, all that. Just tell people where to connect with you. Yeah. So. Um, you can find Soul Sugar Joint on TikTok where it originated. You can go all the way back and watch my first video all the way through. If you love music history, you'll really like what I posted on TikTok. Um, have mixes on SoundCloud. I have playlists on Apple Music and on Spotify. Also have a YouTube channel where I interview artists. And um, I also upload those on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. Um, and then... What else? I also have my Instagram account where I'll post like pretty much every day what I'm listening to on my stories. So you can constantly be put on. If we have a same music palette, then you might find a new favorite song based on what I'm sharing as a song of the day. And it's just a really good way of just staying up to date and knowing what's happening with the platform. And that's where you'll find any updates. And also my website, soulsugarjoint.com, where I sell my merchandise. So yeah, there's a whole world, a whole ecosystem that you you're accessible. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad accessible. <laughs> well, Brooks, this has been great. And once again, we encourage everyone to check out the platform. Go to your show in DC, which will be in the show notes wherever you are listening. Yes, Brooks, August 26th. So I realized I did not say that. August 26th. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much, Brooks. Thank you.